Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. I find it interesting that it says all your heart. Isn't that something? You say, well, what do you mean all your heart? You know, based upon our, our uh, situations in life, what our focus is, sometimes we can trust God with partial of our heart instead of all of our heart. But scripture says, come on, I want you to trust, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will and all you do. And here's the promise. He will. Can you say somebody next to you? Say somebody, find somebody and say, he will. Now I'm going to continue. He will direct your path. That's the promise right there. Tonight, what I'd like to do is I would like for us to focus on a psalm, Psalm 121, 1 through 8. And um, I want to give some, some history. Um, you have different commentaries that have different views on this. But this, is, this particular um, uh, psalm is, to, is believed to be sung when someone was traveling. You know, um, when they were traveling because... Um, you know, how many of you, whenever you get on the road, you stick in some music and you just go to town, you know? And and if you notice, if somebody is like driving by you and they're just going, yeah, 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 they're probably doing the same thing that you are doing, but now you know what you look like when you're doing it, you know? I, I love it. I saw a guy the other day, he, he, was, he was paying a little too much attention to the music because he was literally, I think he was swerving the car to the beat of the music. You know, and I'm like, Mm-mm, no, use your mouth. Don't use your hands when you're driving. OK, and he was doing this. And finally, when he stopped, his head kept on bobbing like that. So I'm like, OK, here we go. He brings out this illustration when they would travel, they would sing and it would encourage them. OK, and so I want us to look at this as how many of you you've been on some new journeys this year? How many of you have been on some unexpected journeys this year? How many of you have no idea what the next year is going to look like? Well, I tell you what, this song is for you. This song is for you. So let, let's just allow the Holy Spirit just to minister this truth to us. You ready? Here we go. Psalm 121, 1 through 8. I look up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. He will not let you stumble and fall. The one who watches over you will not sleep. Indeed, he watches over Israel, never tires, never sleeps. The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. And the, and the sun will not hurt you by day nor the moon at night. The Lord keeps you from all evil and preserves your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and as you go, both now and forever. Praise the Lord. Come on, give somebody. That's a good word right there. I'm the only one getting excited here. I'm going to tell you something, man. That is so encouraging because it doesn't matter what my tomorrow, uh, my yesterday looks like, my today looks like, or my tomorrow, what it looks like. Where does my help come from? It comes from the Lord. So let's dig into this a little bit better. You know, as I was uh, preparing, um, um, I have been 
putting off going to the eye doctor. I don't even know when it was I, I, the last time I went. And um, and I've noticed that by me doing that, uh, it's um, my vision. I can see just fine. But I've noticed <clears throat> whenever I read things, I have to kind of do like this. And that's not how I was created to do. I wasn't created to read like this. You know, I notice that if it gets a little closer, like right now, you would think I can see. I can't see nothing. I'm just holding this book right in front of me. Anybody, anybody understand what I'm talking about? How many of you know we can have things right in front of us, but our focus be off? Because something's not right. Something's not right. And so I want us to take that principle of we have things in our life. We have things in our nation that we are facing. There seems to be some blurred, some confusion, some out of focus. But let me just share, God is not a God of confusion. He is a God of order. And whenever we take the truth of the word of God, we will have clear sight and confidence. Oh, I know where I'm going. What do you mean you know where I'm going? I know I don't I might not know the details, but I know where my help comes from. I know that I'm going to be protected. I know that I'm going to have provisions. I know that I'm going to have safety. I know that I'm going to have healing. I know that I'm going to have favor. I know that I'm going to have peace. I know that I'm going to have joy. I know that I'm going to have wisdom and understanding and knowledge and grace and truth and love. Why? Because that's the God who I serve and that's where my help comes from. Amen. Now, how many of you know, when you began to have that rustle in your spirit, you just can't help but stop bopping your head and stop, you know, getting a little groove on, right? Well, God wants that in our spirit, man. So no matter what is that thing right in our life, we won't let it detour us, shade our vision, get us off focus on what is true so that we can live with confidence. Amen? Amen. So my question to you tonight is, what are you focusing on? What are you focusing on? And is what you're focusing on, is it draining you or strengthening you? Is it discouraging you or encouraging you? Is it stirring up fear or unshakable faith? What are you focusing on? There's three things that we can do some takeaways in looking at Psalm 121. One, what to focus on? What should we focus on? There's a lot of things that we can focus on. But let's pinpoint these three things. One, and as they showed up on the screen, now God wants to help me. Focus on the now. God wants to help me now. Because he's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And look what the scripture says. It says, where does my help come from? And you have immediately, my help comes from the Lord. There's no question. There's no doubt. It's like, mm, let, let me think about this. Hmm. He helped Abraham. I don't know if he can help Isaac. He helped Jacob. I don't know. No, immediately, with confidence, with assurance, my help comes from the Lord. I don't have to doubt. I don't have to question. I might not see him as, as uh, uh, Pastor Todd gave a great word this uh, past Sunday. I might not see him in the fire, but I'm still going to pursue him because my help comes from the Lord. Okay? And so one, focus on, focus on now. God wants to help me. The enemy Satan wants to place doubt with lies in our mind that God does not care about me or God has forgotten about me. 
That is a lie from the pit of hell. If ever your mind becomes so heavy and way down, God doesn't care. God doesn't understand. God did not deliver. If that truth, if that lie does not line up with Scripture of the Word of God, Scripture says you take that thought and you cast it down. And that word cast, it's a forceful. It's not something planned like, oh, let me, let me. You don't, you don't uh, um, fiddle-faddle with it. You, you throw it down. As if, enemy, you do not have the right to dare try to come against me and my relationship with the Lord. Here's a key thing. The enemy, Satan... Not your spouse, not your neighbor. Not, when I say enemy, I mean Satan. He does not have the right to jump into your spirit to control it and start moonwalking with having a party. That was so funny just now. Did y'all get that? That was like, that, that didn't, that was done on my notes. That was hilarious. Moonwalking. Oh my goodness. Anyway, okay. But you know what I'm saying? He does not have the right to come in and start having a party. So what he does, as he infiltrates with, God don't care about your now. God has forgotten about your now. Because how many know, if he can, if he can grip our minds with lies and fear nows, it will affect us in wanting to sing tomorrow and wanting to walk tomorrow. We'll want to isolate. We'll want to quit. We'll want to give up. Okay. I like in uh, Acts 9, 3 through 6. And we see this scripture before uh, God had changed Apostle Paul's name to Saul. Saul was a wicked man. He was very educated. Um, but he, he hated Christians and he would get excited about using the abuse of his authority to persecute Christians. And he thought he had it all together. He thought his life was on the right track. And in Acts 9, 3 through 6, it says, As he was traveling and happened when he was approaching Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him, and he fell to the ground and heard a loud voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, um, who, who are you, Lord? With a question mark. He said, yeah. He said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city, and it will be told what you must do. If you continue... Um, Reading that voice, I mean, excuse me, if you continue reading that verse, Saul did get up. God had blinded him. God had sent another man, Ananias, to, uh, to, to give him a message to pray over him. And, and, um, and Saul fasted and prayed and God healed him and God charged him right there that, that he was going to do great and mighty things for the kingdom of God. But there was something Saul had to have a Damascus experience of surrender before he could experience the now that God had for him. Let me share something with you. <clears throat> I am your friend, and I care for you. So I never want this, this what I'm about to say, to come across, because you know, that's just not pleasant whenever you're hearing somebody speaking. But many times we can pray and we can ask, God, I need you to be bigger in my life. God, I want you to do things in my life. But we want him to attach his blessings onto our agenda, onto our plans, onto our ways, because there's too much pride operating in our lives for us to simply say, Lord, I surrender. Does that make any sense? And Paul or Saul had to have that experience. Do you realize over half of the New Testament was written, obviously, by the inspired Word of God? But Apostle Paul, that is the plans that God had for his life. 
And when you and I come to the Lord with a surrendered heart, Lord, I don't know what you're doing, but God, I'm going to trust you with my future. Because listen to what 1 Peter 5, 6 through 7 says. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. And in his good time, his good time, he will honor you. Is it possible that that his good time is where he is wanting to tweak our character? Where he's wanting to do something now in us that's going to prepare us for what the later will, latter will come? Amen? So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. And in his good time, he will honor you. Give all your worries and care to God. For he cares about what happens to you. The reason why it's important for us to now God wants to help me. Because God was helping Saul. It might not have seemed like it in that moment. But the number one thing. See God he, in his. And just who he is. He goes directly for the issue of our life that's holding us back. And what Paul, what Saul was, said, oh, <laughs> you got so much pride going on in there. You're beating me up and you don't even know I'm the one that's called you. And so that's where, that's what, that's what had to happen with him. But then you have, then you have, we see a story in Mark 6, 1 through 5. People that, that knew of Jesus from a long time, his family. It says, Jesus left that part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. The next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogues and many who had had heard him was astonished. They asked, uh, where did he get all this wisdom and power to perform such miracles? He's just the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and Judas, Judas and Simon and his sisters live right here among us. They were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his relatives and his own, and his own family. Because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any mighty miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their unbelief. I present to you that many times if our dreams and our plans didn't turn out the way that we had expected them and we feel that God has let us down and disappointed us, we have to really ask God to examine us. Lord, am I offended by you? That's why I'm not giving you my whole heart. Because I can't trust you with that part right there. And my friends, this is what I present to you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God did not send his son into the world to condemn it but to save it. And when we ask God, 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 I, I'm going to ask that you show me that area. If, if I'm not giving you my whole heart, as, as it said in the beginning, with all of your heart dependent upon it. Lord, if I'm not giving you my whole heart, Father, am I offended 
because my life did not turn out. I love you and I serve you, but the picture of my life did not turn out as I thought that it would. The enemy will take our hurt and he will take our pain and he will try to hold us captive with unbelief. But God in his love and his graciousness, we say, Lord, I I need you to do a greater work in me. I need you to bring healing with your love. He will begin a greater work now and it will make a beautiful picture for tomorrow. Because he loves us. Because he's a big God. Where does my help come from? It comes from the Lord. If I surrender my will, I'm going to experience greater things. If I, if I let go of pride, I'm going to experience that greater grace. If I allow him, Lord, I need your grace to allow you to come a little closer, a little closer of what you're wanting to do inside of me. We can trust him that any dream that we had, that we felt it was broken, he will turn it around and he will give us a greater dream than we ever could have imagined. Because that's who he is and he cannot fail us. There is no one that is more interested in our dreams and the heart and desires of our heart coming to pass than the Lord. Because he loves us and he adores us. Psalm 34, 17 through 19, it says, The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those who are crushed in spirit. The righteous face many troubles. Did you hear that? The righteous face many troubles, but the Lord rescues them from each and every one of them. Why? Where does my help come from? The Lord. Every time we begin to declare, Lord, I love you. Lord, I need you. We are praising and honoring his name. Psalm 32, 8, it says, the Lord says, I will guide you along the best path for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. It is vital, not just in these times, in tomorrow. For the rest of our life. When we're no longer here. You know. And if there's another generation that's that's after us. That we hold truth. To who our God is. Whether we're coming as that psalm says. Or whether we're going. I look where does my help come from. It comes from the Lord. Amen. So what to focus on. The now, now that God wants to help me. He might tweak my character. He might go a little bit deeper and bring some healing into my heart. But he loves me enough to go there. And he loves me enough to meet me there. He loves Saul enough to go face to face. (laughs) He loves us that much. Amen. So now God wants to help me. Number two, what to focus on. And I love this. Never is God's word outdated for my life. I'm going to say that again. I want everybody in the, in the cloudy technology, Facebook, whatever, you know, media world. Never is God's word outdated for my life. Not just my life, for yours as well. 
When the, when the psalm said, the Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protection and shade. Uh, verse 7, the Lord keeps you from evil and preserves your life. That's what Jesus did for us on the cross. Look in the 2 Corinthians 1, 20 through 22. For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in him. This is why we say amen when we give glory to God through Christ. It is God who gives, uh, it is here we go. It is God who gives us along with you the ability to stand firm with Christ. He has commissioned us. He has identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts. That is how you know God's word is never outdated. So Dixie, what do you mean? Let me bring this. Let me let me kind of uh, give you some context here. One, the written word. Romans 16, 25 through 26. God is able to make you strong just as the good news says. In our human bodies, there's some things that we need. We need strength. Would you say that we would need that? Do you need peace? If you need peace, say yeah. Do you need joy? Do you need purpose? Yes. All of, do you need strength? All of those come through the word of God in a relationship with Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. You as a human being, you and I, we were our relational beings and we were created. You notice that this Psalm says the Lord watches over us because we were created to want to be protected. The Lord keeps us from evil. I don't know any person that wakes up in the morning and says, you know what my dream today is? I want to fail uh, and I want to go to jail. No one does that in their right mind. Because there is something within our being that we want to succeed. We want to strive. We want to do good. Why? Because God has created us that way. Okay? And so... We, you and I can find that fulfillment of that security of being kept and succeeding and having wisdom and understanding through the word of God and the Holy Spirit. That never becomes outdated. That is how you and I commune and have fellowship with the Lord. John 16, 13 through 15, it says, when the spirit of truth comes, he he will guide you in all truth. He will not be presenting his own ideas. He will not be telling you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. You and I are able to stand mentally sound, not losing our minds, because we know the Holy Spirit on the inside of us has already given us a peace that my God is my help in time of need. Amen? And that is a resolve. Let me tell you, that is a resolve that can never be imitated, that can never be bought. When you encounter the truth of the word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit speaking and moving and acting on your behalf, it does not matter what kind of news you receive on TV, what kind of news you receive from the doctor's report or your job, you will stand. Amen. Amen. So anyone that ever says that God's word is outdated, they are being used from the, some Satan as a liar. And do not listen to that trash. I was in a public meeting one time and, and somebody was speaking 
and he made a statement that the word of God wasn't relevant. And I, I'm serious. Me and a lady right next to her, I said, oh, no, he did not just say that. Oh, no, he did not just say that. My friends, that's our source. That is our source of how we're able to stand, stay focused, and keep on walking in victory and in confidence. The truth of the word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. All right, so look to somebody next and say, Never is God's word outdated. All right, I'm going to continue. Ephesians 3, 20, it says, Now glory be to God by his mighty power it worketh in us. He is able to accomplish infinitely more than we can ever dare ask. We could dare ask or hope for. The reason why that's so important is that when you and I are faced with situations, relational conflicts, financial uh, conflicts, health conflicts, you and I can go to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords where our help comes from and begin to talk to him, begin to call upon his name, and he will strengthen you. He will empower you with hope. Do you know why there are so many people right now that are taking their lives or living in a state of just high levels of anxiety, of depression, they have lost hope, church. And you and I, with Jesus on the inside of us, we can share the truth of the Word of God and be hope to the world. Amen? Amen. 1 John 4, 4. If you, I encourage you, if you are, if you are just struggling with, with feeling defeated, I encourage you to take this scripture and place it somewhere. Our, our, our loved one that you know is just battling with positive focus in their life and the purpose in their life. I encourage you either pray this over yourself or pray it over them. Okay. First John 4, 4. You are for, are from God, little children and have overcome them. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. And what that scripture is saying that, listen, no matter what assignment, because the enemy has assignments, yeah. No matter what assignment that the devil tries to bring our way with inferiority, with fear, with failure. The word of God says that at every knee shall bow and shall tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So when you and I begin to quote scripture, greater is he, Jesus, that is in me than he that is in the world. Greater is he, Jesus, that is in my child. Greater is he, Jesus, that is in my family. Come on, you got to open your mouth and you got to use that. Use that song. Amen. As that battle cry. When you begin to declare that, that assignment, that depression, that heaviness, it has to bow. It has to go. Because darkness can never stay where light is. Amen. Lies can never stay where truth is. Amen. Ooh, I'm getting excited. Okay. So what to focus on? One, now God wants to help me. So I encourage you when you wake up in the morning, say, okay, Lord, what adjustment do you want to do? Father, what do you want to do in my character? What do you want to do in my attitude? Because, Lord, the last thing that I want to do with my words and with my action is to be persecuting you and me not even realizing it. Because, Lord, I know that you have a great purpose. You, you called Paul. You called me. 
you have a good word for me. And Lord, I will declare where my help comes from. Amen. Number two, never is God's word outdated for my life. And what's important for us is that when we keep that truth on the forefront of our mind and of our thoughts, we'll use it. You ever had something and you, and you never look at it? You never read it? You never touch it? You forget that it's there. You know? All right. And last, y'all ready? I got I got I got cracked up with myself. I was laughing in my office um, because I love a play on words, like in, in. So anyway, and so the third is nothing is able to change God from being God. Amen. We can go home and go to sleep now, y'all. We're good. Nothing is able. Nothing. Nothing is able to change God. Um, and whenever it says the Lord keeps watch over you as you come and as you go, no matter where you are, no matter what you're going, no matter what season of life that you're in, no matter what phase you, 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 you or situations that you're faced with, God is still on the throne. He still loves you. He still died for you. He adores you. He forgives you of your sins. And he is not shaken by what's going on in your family or in our nation. He still is who he is. Amen. Amen. Revelations 22, 13, it says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. This is who we serve. This is who we have access to. In Daniel 7, 14, it says, His rule is eternal. Some versions say His dominion. His rule is eternal. It will never end. His kingdom will never be destroyed. When the enemy wants to rise up against you and your family, when he wants to rise up against you and your relationships, when he wants to rise up against you and your health, come on, you know, his rule, God's rule is eternal. It will never end. His kingdom will never be destroyed. And what is this? Lord, let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God knows that we have an assignment here. And that's why he's given us the power of his Holy Spirit to empower us, to equip us, to do the assignment that he has for us. But the same access of his love, of his joy, of his peace, of his purpose that we will experience in heaven, we can experience here on earth, my friends. Because he said, I will never leave you or forsake you. The reason why you and I can experience that he will never leave us or forsake us is by his spirit. It's who he is. Amen? It is vital that we get that and that we hold that dear. So in closing Romans 8, 35, uh, 37 and 39, it says, can anything separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or are hungry or cold or in danger or threatened with death? Have we not experienced that? Oh my goodness. But nothing is able to change him from being God. 
And God is love. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ. Come on, you have victory. You have victory. And the victory was already won on the cross. We just receive it. And we declare it every day. Lord, I'm going to have victory in my life. Lord, I'm going to have victory in my business. I'm going to have victory in my home. I'm going to have victory with my children. We have to hold on to it. Let that be your focus. Let that be your focus, my friends. Victory is ours through Christ who loved us. I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God. Excuse me, ever separate us from his love. Death can't and life can't. The angels can and the demons can't. Our fears for today, our worries about tomorrow, and even the powers of hell can't keep God's love away. And we see powers of hell bouncing all, of, all over the place. But nothing can keep God's love away. Amen? Whether we are high above the sky or in the deepest ocean, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus. So my friends, I encourage you, Philippians 4, 8, fix your thoughts. Focus. What is true and honorable and right? Think about things that are pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all that you have learned from me. So what are some things that we can think about that are lovely and are good report? Is now God wants to help me. Never is God, God's word, outdated for my life. And nothing is able to change God from being God. Where does your help come from? Where does your help come from? My help comes from the Lord. And you and I have access to that. Amen? Amen. Come on, let's go and let's just talk to him right now in prayer. Thank you, Lord. I don't know what's going on in your world, but God does. I don't know what you're facing, but God does. And if you say, Dixie, everything that I've been hearing you talking about, I, I don't, I don't have that relationship with him. My friends, that's where you need, that's where he wants you to begin. He wants you to know him. And to know him, you have to recognize your need for him. And you have to give your heart, your whole heart to him. So if that's you here, say, Dixie, I don't know him, but I want to know him. If that's you, watch him. Dixie, I don't know him, but I want to know him. I want to know that I can, I can go to someone who is dependable, who is trustworthy, who will never leave me or forsake me. That's God. So if that's you, I want you to just, by faith, you can repeat this prayer and just welcome him in to your life with a new relationship. Say, Jesus, I believe in you. I recognize I need you in my life. Jesus, I ask for you to forgive me of my sin. Make me new on the inside. I receive your forgiveness for my life. And God, I thank you for the work and the new life that you're giving me right now. 
In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Listen, when we believe and we ask God to do a greater work within us, we might not always see it in that moment, but oh, he's moving. He's moving. So wherever you are, whatever stage of life, whatever you're going through, he's moving in your life. He's moving in your life. Because when you, as sons and daughters, began to say, God, where does my help come from? And you began to say, God, I'm going to worship you. God, I'm going to surrender. I'm going to follow you. He is going to move in your life. My friends, hold on. Hold on to the word. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. And he will. He will take you places that you've never dreamed and do bigger things in your life that you were never capable of doing because He's a good God. So, Father, right now, I just pray for every person in here, Lord God. God, I thank you by your Spirit for you meeting us here. God, I thank you that your Word has has gone forth and that it it uh, it will impregnate some people in here tonight with a greater measure of faith. It will birth something greater in them, Lord God, that you have longed and desired for it in the name of Jesus. Father, I ask that you create a greater hunger, a greater stirring within us. That, Lord God, you're doing something now, Lord. Help our focus to be sharp, to be keen, to be alert. Lord, guard our tongue from speaking evil in ourselves and on circumstances that you're doing a new thing in us, Lord, and through us. Father, give us that song of praise that we will declare in the name of Jesus. Where does my help come from? The Lord. Father God, create, place a new song within our spirit. Greater hope, greater faith. Father, I just pray blessings over your children right now in the name of Jesus. Just blessings of peace, of joy, of purpose. Before the God, we will not grow weary in well-doing, but that we will keep on. May our lives bring you all the honor and praise. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Guys, we love you. You are a blessing and a treasure. If you need anything, any prayer, if there's anything we can do for you online, please let us know. You are dismissed. Good night.